Would you open God's precious holy word to Psalm 70? This is a portion. This, this psalm is actually, I think, verses 13 through 17 of Psalm 40, I think I'm right. <clears throat> so the longer psalm is in another part, and we haven't covered those psalms yet. <clears throat> Okay, and I'm okay. Uh, just and leave you alone. Here, just take it and leave me alone. Okay. You make me walk up and down those steps too many times. I know what it is. I'm heavily insured, and she wants me to. No. I'm just messing with you. She tells me to shut that stuff up. She said, if something really happens to you, they're going to think that I did it. <laughs> yeah, they would anyway. So. <laughs> ah, okay. Where was I? Oh, yeah. This is a portion of an earlier psalm. We haven't covered that psalm yet. That's book one of the psalms, one through 42, something like 52. Um, there are a couple of differences here. In Psalm, in Psalm, the first Psalm, the earlier Psalm, David refers to God as Yahweh, his personal God. Here he refers to him as Elohim. Other than that, same words, same Psalm, same wording, verbiage. And it's generally agreed that the two Psalms were written with similar circumstances. The first one, when he was fleeing from Saul, and the smaller portion, but again with Elohim instead of Yahweh, was when he was fleeing from Absalom. So we sort of keep that in mind when we think of what the Psalm is all about. And I just call this Psalm seven things that are needing immediate attention. And, and David does this a lot in his Psalms. He, I don't know how you can, I, I don't, it's the inspired word of God that said, I don't know how you can tell the Lord to hurry up. It's, it's the Lord's, everything's the Lord's. But let's look at it, seven things for the conductor of David to make mention, Elohim, hasten, number one, hasten to save me. Now this, this Hebrew word is a word that could be, could be used in a sense of rapture. Snatch me away. I am in impending danger and I need to be snatched from impending danger. Uh, that, would, that Hebrew word would be the word perhaps that, that could be used like that. So it's a, it's a desperate word. Get me out of here now. I don't need to wait, hasten. And then secondly, that's number one, this deliverance. There are times when the people of God need to be delivered immediately. 
in this sense that we can find ourselves in strong temptation, in danger. And the danger or the temptation would be revealed just suddenly. Suddenly it's there. So this is a cry. This is the kind of uh, situation where a person needs to be immediately delivered. This is an immediate need. So, you know, thinking of how this is the inspired word of God and how, he, how the Lord has said to, to James or has James under the inspiration says that the Lord tells us to ask anything we want without reproach. That is, he won't hold it against us if we ask him. Then there will be times, number one, when we need to be immediately delivered from something. Secondly, there are times when we need immediate assistance. Hasten to my assistance, to my help, to my aid. Number one, all of us can think of a time or times when we were suddenly faced with strong temptation or with some kind of danger and we needed this immediate deliverance. We also have faced times when we needed assistance, help, the aid that God could send. How many times when you were in school and you looked at the test that was just given to you, you said, man, I need immediate help, Lord. I, I need you to give me perfect recall on this chapter in algebra or whatever. Not just that, of course, but times when there's too much month at the end of the money or there are situations in the family that have come up and you need the help of the Lord, uh, personal situations. These are not things of necessarily of danger or of strong temptation, but of great need. So here, there are times, number two, when we can call upon the Lord, when we have an immediate personal kind of need where we need the Lord to assist us in that need. Thirdly, now remember, we've, we've done a lot of studying on David for the last several months in First and Second Samuel and First Chronicles uh, and in the Psalms that we've studied. And we know that David, we've studied, it's, it has been revealed to us in this study that David is constantly surrounded by enemies, hounded, tormented emotionally. People are lying about him. They're doing, he is being attacked in every way that you can imagine that could bring a man down. They mock him. They make fun of him. They tell lies about him. They try to cast doubt in the minds of the people with regarding, uh, regarding with regard to David's real uh, motives for what he does. And then we just, we've seen it recently, especially last, the last Psalm, 
where David is so intent on building the temple and he's raising massive amounts of money and controlling a large portion of the national economy and building up a treasury that, that, is, that is just immense. And we saw last time where people are beginning to try to cast doubt that David is hiding this money or David's doing something underhanded. When David, as we've seen it in another part of the scripture with regard to the life of David, he was doing it because it was the will of God for his life. God was compelling him to do this and have everything ready for Solomon when Solomon would become king. Well, he has these enemies and they seek to destroy him. And so the third thing that, that are among the immediate needs that we can have would be somewhat like David. We need, we need these, these enemies of ours who attack our integrity, our ministry, our, our relationship with God, for whatever reason, and I think if you're, if you're ever in any kind of Christian service, uh, you'll face these kinds of people if they, if they become jealous for some reason or, or, or just don't like you for, or the devil just plants them there. So the third thing is this, that those who seek his life, may those who seek my life be shamed and humiliated. God does his best work when those attempts that are made against his people are turned back on those who are seeking the destruction of God's servants. This, this, happens, uh, this happens throughout the Bible in both Testaments where in the patriarchs, for example, um, in... Uh, uh, Abram, Abram and Sari, uh, Abram was, was his, his, uh, he, you know, he, he told Abimelech that the, this was his sister, which really wasn't a lie, but he saw them frolicking and he took her into his harem and, and, and God just closed up the the wombs of all of the women, you know, of the king's harem and did other things. And that's when the king was made to realize that this was actually his wife and not his sister. Um, and what this man had in his mind, all of that was reversed on him by the, by the power of God. Someday in the tribulation, the two witnesses will come the last great powerful witnesses who, who stand in an international type of, of ministry. Now, of course, there are the 144,000, but they are spread out among humanity. These two have a, have a mission and a, a ministry that goes all over the world. The Bible says, to paraphrase what the Bible says, whenever someone tried to kill them, that person was killed in that same manner. In other words, just, just, it, it just reversed on everybody. Well, this is what David is praying for, and he needs it immediately. 
He's about to collapse under the pressure. And he's crying out to Elohim that those people would be the ones who would be shamed and humiliated. Now, we have seen already in other studies that that's exactly what happened to them. And God restored David's reputation. He restored uh, David's position as a, as a servant of, of Yahweh, a pure-hearted servant of Yahweh. Well, this is what he cries for. They have to be stopped. This, this war against me has to be stopped. And those who are responsible, let, let them be the ones to fall into shame and humiliation. Now, here's the fourth thing. May those who desire my harm, number four, turn back and be disgraced. Return or be knocked off, be knocked off of the path so forcefully that they will have to retreat from whence they came. It's a strong word. I suppose the word could be, uh, uh, could be translated repent, but he's not asking in the context for their repentance. He's asking that they be stopped, that they be turned around, caused to retreat, and in the retreat be disgraced before people. It, it's closely associated with his, his prayer for them to be shamed and humiliated. So number four, no, number three, that they would be shamed and humiliated, but not, not just that. Number four, that they would be stopped and be absolutely disgraced so that nobody would take them seriously anymore. Number five, let them return in the path of their shame. Those who say, aha, aha. An emulation of, of, in, of insolence. It's, it's an interesting, uh, it's ha, ha, and we just translated aha, aha. It's, a, it's, a, it's an arrogant, insolent, um, chide interjection from, from someone who thinks that they are seeing someone fall from their position to the pleasure of the other party, the other person. In this case, the enemies of David. He says, let them return in the path. It's, it's, it's a little milder than what number four was, but number five, let them go back and walk the same path so that what it, to, to, to the inference would be so that others can say to them, aha, aha, caught you, you were wrong. And you're having to eat your words and go back in the way that you came. Sixth immediate need. May those who seek you exult and rejoice. And may those who love your salvation say constantly, may Elohim be magnified. Now that Yigdal, that, that Hebrew word means to be made greater and greater and greater. 
It's an interesting thought. Uh, the prophet Isaiah says of the Lord that the end, there shall never be an end to the increase of his government. That's an interesting statement to me that in the age to come, the Messiah will rule and govern over creation and the growth of that governance will increase ad infinitum throughout eternity. That's, that's interesting to me. Well, here is a similar thought that Elohim, through all of this that would happen and the, the, the cry for immediate help, that all of this that would happen would bring nothing but magnification to the greatness of Elohim in the lives and hearts of those who have loved his salvation. Those who seek you, may they exult and rejoice and constantly say to the increase of the glory of Elohim, such that his glory, the increase of his glory would never stop. So that's, that's something that we need immediately in our lives when we see the Lord work in these other things and we've cried out for immediate help, then the immediate response needs to be high and holy worship and thanksgiving. And think about this thought. To the exponential magnification of glory to God. Elohim. Seven, number seven. But I'm poor and needy, Elohim. I can't do any of this. I cannot help myself. I am poor and needy, Elohim. Hasten to me. There it is again. Quickly come, an immediate need. I'm poor and needy, helpless. You are my aid. You are the one who rescues me. So the acknowledgement of the worshiper, in this case, David, the one who prays, his acknowledgement is that he, he cannot save himself. He cannot help himself. He cannot fight these enemies. He's helpless. And apart from the help of Yah, of Elohim, it's hopeless. So he, 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 he acknowledges that he has nothing and that there's nothing in his life that would, that would be there for him to help himself. You're the only one who can help me. So he ends just like he started. Yahweh, do not delay. The immediate needs that God's people can have. And the interesting thing, as I said at the outset, of course, this is just a portion of another psalm that expands on this whole thought. We'll get to it one of these days, God willing, but 
Here, the inspired word is that God places this word in David's heart and invites David to cry out to God for God to hurry up and help him. God says, that's okay. You can ask me all of this. And so he gives him this inspired prayer. And it's an inspiration to us as well. When those times come and we say, Lord, we really need it now. We need it now, Yahweh. Do not delay. Let's pray. We'll be through. Father God in heaven, Lord. How wonderful your word is to us. How blessed and holy and high your precious scriptures. That you would plant such a prayer as this in the heart of believers. Thank you for this, Lord. Thank you that we should never be ashamed when an immediate need arises to cry out to you and ask you to help us immediately. Father, strengthen us in your word and bless us in the way that we should go. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.